Guys, you are listening to We Radio with your co-host and anchor, Bushra, Dadia, and Hase, who is going to be, I'm going to say you're our guest, but no, that you're not really guest, you're like furnishing now. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm becoming part of the furniture. <laughs> you are, you are. Thank you so much for joining us this week, guys. You're more than welcome. It is the 11th of August. And you are listening to We Radio. I, I pause and I sigh every single time I mention the date because I cannot fathom how quick time is absolutely flying. It's incredible, isn't it? So, guys, we are affiliated with The Voice of Turkey um, and we are here every single week, every single Tuesday. We air 5 till 6 every day and um, from 4 till 6 on the Saturdays, to serve you and to bring to you valuable content that is going to hopefully inspire and add value to um, your lives. So this week we are going to um, talk about well-being and um, particularly we're going to discuss the impact of social media on our youth with a um, well-being um, a counsellor, a male counsellor, a male Turkish counsellor, which is quite um, a unique uh, profession for a male, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Usually, Usually when you say counselor, you always assume females. Assume. It's, it's bad to really think it that is. way. That but stereotype is not good, isn't it? It is. It's the case, right? So when I say a, um, a counsellor who is a male, Turkish, um, really who's going to provide that insight. And I'm Turkish guy who wants to become a counsellor is also a bit <laughs> weird, isn't it? So that's weird. actually... Yeah, because it's not usually most... Um, in terms of the culture, correct. Probably in terms of the culture, correct. Yeah. So, so I think that's a good question I want to ask him and what made him get into doing that. But yeah, I'm excited to have him on today and we're going to talk a little bit about social media, you said, right? Yes, um, yes. I want to... You guys probably attack him or ask him questions in that perspective of being an educator yeah. and a teacher. Definitely. Um, and I'd like to ask him about... As a parent. As a parent. Yeah, awesome. So, so we've, mm. we've got some... Um, Hopefully, we're going to bring in a lot of um, insightful information and um, and content to the table, as we always endeavour to do on this program. If you do have any questions that you'd like to ask, please um, DM us um, on our Instagram page, which is We Radio, and we will go through them and we will ask those questions too. Yes, yes, that is perfect. Thank you for raising that. So, before we get stuck right into the topic, how are you ladies doing this week? I'm okay. Good. I am. Um, Came into the uh, studio today with the train for the first time in a very long time. I had to wear a mask because I um, didn't really like that. But I haven't been in the office for five months since. Um, so it was my first time in and I had to go in for an hour focus group today. Um, and I was even speaking to um, Bushra on the way here and I was <laughs> telling her how eerie it is to see like less traffic, you know, just... 
I don't know. I don't know about oh. less traffic. I mean, I dropped the girls off to school yeah. in the morning. Um, and my husband, we dropped them no, both off. No, staying away from, from like you know public places such oh, as shopping yeah, yeah. centres. That's right. Yeah, so because the usually city is it's crowded. Quite, the yeah. city was quite eerie yeah. as well. There's so many people, but yeah. it was nice to be. It was nice to be in the office. I think a lot of people went, "Oh, hi, how are you? You haven't seen you for ages. Nice. Are you going to come back?" And I'm like, "No, I can work Hang from on, home." Hang on. So you have the option to work from home or from the office? Yes. Is that that's how it Well, they want to make a lot of people less and less people come into the office, and I can do my job from home. I don't really need to be in there. And the only reason I went, as I said, is because I did an hours focus group. Mm-hmm. So, and then I thought, oh, I could have went back home and then continued, but I thought I'm coming to the radio, so I'll just sort of jump on a train. And I was prepared to jump on the train. I got my mask in my car, in my, in my bag. But yeah, no, it's nice. Um, I was off for two weeks. You know, that time of the year, you guys would know, parent teachers and all that kind of thing. Oh yeah, so definitely. Did those for two weeks in a row, on, and they happened to be on Tuesdays. So it's nice to be in the studio, actually. Um, how are you girls anyway? Good. Yeah, not too bad. It's Tuesday, so the beginning of the week for me still. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. How's, um, just from your school, so Jose is at a private school. Um, how, how have you guys adjusted to the second wave of the COVID-19? I think, like, we've got the premier even saying, I think we've Do we all really learned- have a, before you answer, sorry, yeah. so I cut you off. Do we no. really have a second wave in New South Wales? Really? Mm. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I'd say yeah. second wave yet. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to say even the word yet, because yeah. that makes, that just the, makes the adds- thought process that, oh, is it coming still? Mm. Um, just the little, just you know, the pandemic the, in general. In general, yeah. Yeah. I think, obviously, it's growing up. It Just remain cautious. I think that's what my school is doing. Um, we're learning to live with the pandemic, as quoted by Gladys. I don't know how to say her last I name. Love, I love Mary Jacqueline. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, um, live with the pandemic. It's so very right. Um, just be cautious and be mindful. Um, but definitely um, know the transition back and whatnot. I think students and teachers actually appreciate being back, mm. just face to face. Yeah, I don't want that to yeah, go into like home learning. Yeah. And, no, I don't want that. I really don't. I think a lot of people realised um, the level of appreciation people have towards just the school environment and being there physically. I know 100% there's perks to, you know, teaching at home, but no, it's different. It's definitely yeah, 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 no, you need to be in the classroom. Yeah. I think it's yeah. profession, certain professions. You guys are essential. I think, and but there's certain professions We're that not you classified can't. that as yeah, unfortunately <laughs> not. But you know, um, you sat on all the good discounts. So may I add here? Mm-hmm. I think we're frontline guys. And I think we haven't received as much attention. As what do you mean by frontline? Frontline, similar to what, similar to the health profession, mm-hmm. um, similar to nurses, doctors, and um, everyone in the field of medicine, so to speak. We are also frontline. We're we're facing. Uh, I think essential, but I wouldn't say frontline because we're don't not. I say frontline. Yeah, I think like, I think we are. Frontline would mean like we are face to face. We are we, though. Yeah, but, but the I, students themselves are not coming to us because they have. I, I think the, the virus, definition obviously. of frontline yeah. would be frontline in regards to fighting this pandemic, fighting okay. this issue. That's where the frontline word is. Yeah. Sure. But when it comes to <laughs> essential, okay. absolutely essential. Right, I take that, yeah. guys. No, 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 no. We haven't no. been recognised as essential as of yet. Yeah, that's probably what you're trying to okay, make it deeply more so. in my heart. I still feel you can feel that. And that's your opinion. <laughs> right. I, we can disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but now, look, you guys are. Um, that's why I said essential. Yeah. Um, it is. Um, so it's, uh, that's, I think, one thing um, I'm hoping that that has happened. And I'd actually like to ask Omer too, being in, in, in Melbourne, how they're going with. They're having a second wave yes. and it's really bad. And how they're going with lockdown too. But All yeah. All right. Well, let's ask him. Yes. Omer, welcome. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? All. 
good. good thank we you. We are well. We are really well. We are curious about <laughs> how it's going in Melbourne for you, just to swerve smoothly into the topic. Are the news, you know, is what we're reading from the news like the truth or is it being dramatised? Sensationalised? Yes. How is it? What's yeah. happening out there? Yeah, uh, well, uh, there's a lot of different stories at the moment. Maybe that, that is in line with the fact that, you know, Melbourne's known for four seasons, so we've got so many different <laughs> points of views at the moment that revolve around um, COVID. Mm. Um, at the moment, I think everyone knows that we're in stage four lockdown. Yep. So we're pretty much at home uh, all day. So we're not really allowed to go out other than for an hour to exercise. And um, wow. How is <laughs> yeah, that, Ahmed? How does that feel, being, like, seriously, like that liberty, Stage that freedom, four. that liberty taken away? I mean, it happened in uh, Turkey for a while, yeah. some surge too. So certain countries have had those Stage 4s. But being in a country where we are, with Australia, where we're pretty much allowed to do a lot of things and we're quite liberal yeah. and relaxed, mm. how is that taken by a lot of people? I'm pretty sure it would have been a big shock, it's right? Taking, I'll be honest, it's actually taking quite um, a toll mm. um, on people, on many different aspects, yep. not just, let's say, you know, financial, as we all know that there are those, mm -hmm. those struggles, but from a, a well-being perspective, even if you, let's say you're somebody who is, is let's say, well-rounded when you're looking at it from a, a well-being sphere, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as you mentioned, getting that, I guess, that almost freedom taking away from you, yeah. it, it, it has a toll I think, it, on, on quite a few people. Was it different because obviously we went through a lockdown earlier this year and then now going through that second, can I call it a second wave? Yeah, for Melbourne, yeah. Yeah. For Melbourne, Melbourne definitely. Yeah, it's a second yeah. wave. So did you feel that you were kind of accustomed to it and then you just smoothly glide? Because I feel, look, I don't want to think of it this way, but if we went through another lockdown in Sydney, mm. <laughs> I feel Don't say though, it. <laughs> don't say it. I just feel as though I kind of have some form of an idea as to obviously how I might go about my day-to-day -day life, but... I mean, stage four is very different, mm. right? I think the, the name itself, the label of stage four, gives a lot of people anxiety in itself. Yeah. So well, that's the thing. Yeah, sorry. No, please do go ahead. Yeah, so I think it, frustration is probably the best term to use because, you know, we came out of um, our lockdown and then we, we reunited with some form of freedom and then we were told that we we're going back into a lockdown and then within that lockdown, we went into a deeper lockdown. So mm -hmm. it was like frustration on top of frustration and, and a lot of people were sort of like like sort of huffing and puffing, you know, because it, I guess everyone sort of just, just had enough. And obviously there is the reality of the scenario of the situation, you know. I know people that have actually experienced uh, and gone through the illness of COVID and it's not a fun time at all. Well, mm. you, um, you know of people who have? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so the, the, from what they've told me, even... Mm -hmm. The things that they've told me might have been a little bit different to what we're being told um, in, in media. Right. Um, but the reality is it's still an illness that exists Yep. Um, and something that spreads. So I, I guess, you know, we, we, you still need to take it quite seriously. But the reality of it is for the majority majority of this year now, everyone's been in lockdown and it's... It's it, it, honestly, I think it's taking quite a psychological toll on people. Mm, so well, absolutely. We're I mean, just the, trying I think to push through at the moment. There's probably one reassurance is that pretty much everybody in the whole world really pretty much has gone through it but I think having to go through them again and again and I think it from someone from you obviously being a well a well-being counselor Umer, I can how how do you think have you spoken to anybody of the older generation um, yeah. how are they going through it more differently and again it it could be a cultural difference as well to just you know or people that are on their own I mean they'd probably coping be a lot harder right 
Yeah, so you're actually 100% correct. So I've spoken to um, a fair few people and one thing that I've noticed was, you know, like we said before, there's a lot of different ideas on, on how, let's say, extreme the government is taking this or if mm-hmm. COVID is real. Like there's obviously a lot of different views and, and conspiracies and, um, and different perspectives. Mm-hmm. But like if you look at everyone's, I guess, everyone expressing themselves, depending on which side of the spectrum they're on in regards to the reality of COVID and, and that sort of thing, the underlying thing uh, I'm just going to come back to is is really frustration. Um, a lot of people are really feeling that you know the weight of you know being stuck at home, being confined to your home, not being able to go outside. And now when you hear things such as okay, you're allowed to go outside, but only for an hour, even that has a weight, you know, in and of itself. When you hear that term, does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. now you're thinking, I, I can go out, but I need to come back home. Oh, someone can actually go shopping. But it can only be one person and then it can, can only be, you know, once a day. Mm. So you really do feel this, you know, um, you know, you're, you're in the, this space of confinement, so to speak. So how have you, uh, how have you, I mean, what practices have you put in place to alleviate that anxiety and stress in yourself, for instance, that you can perhaps shed some light on? Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I think it was last year where I experienced anxiety for the first time in my life, which was quite uh, ironic for me because, you know, I was knee deep in, you know, learning about mental health and counseling. And here I am experiencing some form of anxiety. I was like, what's going on? I'm I'm supposed to know what this is, you know? So it was quite a shock to my system. Um, And since then, I've learned so much more about it on a personal level, not just in regards to helping people. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's quite a vulnerability that, you know, that that a lot of people might feel quite um, discouraged to share. So it's great to see that you're normalizing this this emotion, this feeling and embracing it. Absolutely. I think you need to. um, And we're sort of, you know, just I I do this a lot. So I do apologize. I'll jump to different topics very quickly. Um, But it is something that I am quite conscious about when it comes to uh, I guess normalizing uh, a lot of the, I guess, mental illnesses or, or even symptoms of mental illnesses. Not everybody specifically going through um, a mental illness, but I've had a lot of people reach out to me and, you know, after sharing my own experience, and it wasn't any like crazy experience by any means. I just experienced anxiety and how I dealt with it and that sort of thing. And people have reached out to me, and not that they've mentioned that, but I've noticed that, that you know, they could be reaching out because maybe I spoke about it, you know, and. Mm. Sometimes it takes one person to, to drop the first domino and then other people you know, have that confidence. Ahmed, yeah. before I ask you a question, just before we start to, because we're going right into things, I just want to ask you, just can you give us a bit of a background of you know, who you are, what education you've done and yeah. how you've gotten to get into being a counsellor? Because in our intro, I did say it's a little bit, you know, it's... It's very unusual uncommon. and uncommon. Yeah, I'm so no, no, <laughs> no, no, it was a, it, uncommon, no. but in a very inspiring. way. Of course, it is. You <laughs> see, you know, like I you love know, how you sh- just turn that around. <laughs> no, definitely, because then it gives it signals to other young boys um, that yeah. this is something that they because can a counselor is not you because I think counselor being that it's a. I'm not going to say, you know, like women, are, women, well but women have always got more yes. of that, yeah. um, yes. that nurturing thing. And this, I mean, being a counsellor is a bit nurturing, right? So you don't usually see more from yes. males and yes. someone as young as you who's done it and your Turkish cultural background too. So that's yeah. why. So can you just give us a bit of insight of who you are, what you've done, what made you yeah. come to where yeah. you are uh, before I want to ask you a question about what you've just said about anxiety let's, before? Let's hear Amar's story. So what, yeah. what uh, allowed you to pursue or what, what inspired you? 
Yeah, so I was messing with you. I'm, I wasn't messing with you at all. <laughs> I don't um, know if you were. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I actually come from a finance background. So I went oh. the usual route. You know, I went to, to uni and I completed an accounting degree. Oh, um, you know, wow. And then, okay, tapping uh, into uh, different, different areas of you know, the brain. We've got and, maths you know, I, and then completely <laughs> now you're into that emotional intelligence space, which is mm. really cool. Yeah, well, I, I'll try my best not to dive too deep into everything that I, I talk about or else mm. we'll be here for many, many hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, so eventually, you know, I worked in the corporate space for a while. And then after, I, I guess, a little bit of self-evaluation, I sort of took a step away. And that's a whole, you know, I guess, story in and of itself, because there are people that I speak to that, you know, come with, they're confused, they don't know what to do with themselves. So sometimes I, sh I share what my process was, but then there's also, I guess, a little bit of science behind it about, you know, the concept of self-discovery and that sort of thing but anyways moving on yeah um, eventually i took a step away i took a bit of a break um decided to become a teacher which is um was something that i, I was quite fond about so, um, because i wanted to work with the youth sorry, sorry i'm just pausing yep, you there okay. so you graduated you did an accounting degree mm -hmm. and then you went into finance and you you you, you were crunching numbers and then you yeah. found yourself in teaching were you doing math teaching were you were you an educator in in that space no so Good question, actually. So, um, just going back one step, there's nothing wrong with crunching numbers for people that do it. Absolutely it just not. Wasn't, it just, you know, it just it wasn't, wasn't for me. You. You know, I used, in I used to crunch. I crunched numbers for six years, and then yeah, I moved into well, teaching. So I can relate to what you're. What you've yeah. Done. So uh, eventually, I. So what was the question? So I went into teaching. <laughs> yeah. What mm. subject area was it? Mathematics. Ah, yes. Yeah. So I think I went into. I think it was social studies. I think that's mm. what I was. Oh, yeah. and, and then from there, look, social into. studies now goes back nicely into your... Uh, your CAFs, community and family studies? That type of thing. I think so. I don't is know. Is that you know what you're... Yeah. In Victoria, yes. Melbourne. Okay. It probably is, yeah. It's, it's not easier being a superior state, but... Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely joking about that. I don't uh, know. That's too... <laughs> I mean, I'm counting. <laughs> it's all right. It's good to keep a tally. Um, but we... So eventually, I did that for about a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and prior to doing that, I was already sort of in conflict with whether or not I wanted to become a counselor or a teacher. Wow. Mm. And when I when it took a step back into the world of education, uh, you know, I guess I, I sort of saw myself back when I was a student, um, because w one thing that I'm super interested in is actually speaking to, to people, like speaking to the youth. Mm -hmm. yes. So when I was, you know, in between giving your classes and being supervised and all that sort of stuff, one thing that I would do was was actually go and speak to, to to the students and sort of get to know them. You and it's something that I'm just interested in. I just you, like to, to connect yeah. with them. Mm -hmm. mm. You mentioned uh, earlier that you um, wanted to work with the w youth. Is that yeah. because you, during your finance degree, you just felt it, or what kind of exposure did you have to the youth prior to your, um, like you know, admission into? Really good question. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, going back to so anybody that is going through let's say um, a transition from career to career or yes. even from let's say high school to trying to figure out what they want to do mm. um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of trying to figure out what you want to do it, it really comes down to sort of self-discovery and and experimenting mm. um, but what uh, and that's a whole topic in and of itself but one thing that I did was get involved s soon after leaving the corporate space I, I got involved with the local I guess youth community if you will at the local mosque Oh, yes. Um, and I was involved with them for quite a while. And I just found that not only could I relate with the youth really well, 
I enjoyed it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so that really, I guess, um, was your stepping I don't know what the stone. Right word is, but but it, it, it sort of. Rem- um, you had a light bulb moment. It, it, you thought, it, it, hey, it, it, it yeah. re. I don't know what the, the word is on the tip of my tongue, but I wanted to become a teacher, and yeah. that sort of um, change your mind. Reminded me, no, reminded me that okay, like teaching probably is the right direction for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, but by having those experiences with the youth. Wow. Mm. So does that make sense? Yes, yes. it does absolutely. So, yeah, so if, if, I, that's what helped me make that first step towards. And how long have you been a counselor now, Umesh? Uh, so I started. At the end of last year, mm-hmm. um, and then, and then COVID began, and there mm-hmm. was a few complications with the place I was working with. Yep. Uh, and that organisation dissolved. Yep. And once COVID kicked in, it's pretty much uh, everyone's just been in isolation essentially. So yeah. mm. I wasn't really working. I was just focusing on a few other things that I've got on the side, which like youth-related projects and just completing some studies. I'm, I'm studying Islamic psychology and that sort of thing. So. Wow. Um, but I've just just recently launched uh, my practice, Duha Mental Health and Wellbeing. Yes. So, wow, just that's awesome. get, getting back into it. Good on you. Thank you so much. Because I honestly feel like having a male figure in this. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, that's something that I really love doing. You had to use. <laughs> did you hear it? <laughs> I did. Um, but I definitely know. I think having a male figure, um, and it goes back to our earlier point about how it is an un- uncommon um, job for a male to pursue. Definitely, yeah. Mm. But just having a male figure, because whenever I do ask um, counsellors in my school environment, they're always females or um, the welfare would be a female. Yeah. And mm. I go, how often do you have a male student approach you? And the answer is not so often. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, he's just mentioned yeah. that he was going to, an, you know, from the mosque and speaking to yes. the youth. So obviously to see someone as young as Umed as exactly. well, who's quite down to earth, yeah. very easy to talk to. You can yeah. hear it in his voice, yeah. right? That it'll be a great opportunity for the young boys and the young youth to turn yes. around and say, he's, he's a mate of ours. He's got someone to talk to. Exactly. And we can go and... I'm pretty sure now you've opened up a huge door for those yes. that need someone to talk to away from family and parents. There's got yes. now someone who's young as male yes. and someone can talk and to. And I've been looking at your social media stream so, as well. And I've just noted, like, as in you make it, it's not just, you're not just a male counsellor. You're, it's like a youth intervention um, where you can, you're just open to everyone. Um, so it's a really good platform. And it's kind of giving that opportunity for other young boys to see that this could actually be potentially something that they can pursue um something in terms of their future um so yeah, yeah. no it's very inspiring yeah, yeah well so, that's the thing yeah. you know with um sorry i'm cutting you off no, Bishra, just very quickly uh so when you're when you're, the way i guess i'd like to approach things even though i am a, like I'll, I'll speak to anybody of any age um but you need to make sure in my opinion at least that when you're conveying a message whether it's on social media um or face to face you need to make sure that you're you're speaking a language that is easily comprehensible by the masses, yep. um, or, or or the youth, let's say, or mm-hmm. or people that, let's say, for example, because some, so a lot of the times what I'll try to do is stay away from from let's say using difficult terminology or you know uh, or difficult concepts to understand, because I'm not going to expect someone who is 13, 14. To understand, you know, something that if, let's say somebody who's completed university to understand, 
Does that make sense? If, absolutely. I don't know if that's yeah. a good no, analogy. Absolutely. So, so it's just trying to speak a language that people can sort of relate to. And yes. It's just relatable, tying that right? in. Yes. Yeah, tying that into yes. to speaking to, let's say, students or, or you for anybody. Exactly. You need to find that sort of middle ground of, of relatability to yeah. connect with people. And that's, I mean, I guess it's relationship building 101, but it's it's really like Having the core that rapport, of, of, of communication. Yeah. yeah. All right, I've got lots more questions to ask you. Um, why don't we break for a song, Bushna? Let's want to do, do that. that. Um, Let's do it. And when we come back, we'll talk t- a little bit more, a little bit about anxiety, but then into well-being and social media. Got lots of questions. Yeah, yeah especially do. as an educator and a parent. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, Beautiful. stand by, guys. You are listening to We Radio with your co-host and anchor, Bushna, Dedia, and Jose. And what are we playing? Are we playing something for my daughter, her we, past birthday? Yes, Can we do that? we do. How Happy old birthday to your daughter, by the way. My daughter, Jada, turned 14 on Happy Saturday. Happy birthday, Jada. Mm, She's one of those well. youth girls, you know. They went to <laughs> dinner with the youth um, girls from Redfern Mosque on Saturday. And we did a nice birthday with her girlfriends on Love Sunday. It. So she likes this song. I like it too, so... Is this a surprise for her? Yeah, it will, it will be. She sometimes does listen or she listens to the podcast. So, Jada, this is for you, Mum, okay? And All for right. me too. I'll well, dance guys, along as well. Let's play this song for a very special birthday girl. How old has she turned? 14. 14. Oh, yep. God. I know. So <laughs> Here we go. your tax entitlement, we are here to help you. Arthur Tax and Accounting Services provides a range of excellent accounting services at an affordable price. Arthur Tax and Accounting Services specializes in individual, company, partnership and trust tax returns. 
Also, we specialize in bookkeeping, small and medium business accounting, BAS and IAS lodgement, preparation of financial statements, ASIC-related compliance, and SMSF accounting and compliance. Hurry up, get 20% discount for referral. Terms and conditions apply. For more details, please give us a call on 0423 707 or send us an email to rinku at arthurtax.com.au. That's R-I-N-K-U at arthurtax, A-R-T-H-A, tax.com.au. That was Savage Love by Jason Derulo. Such a good beat. Mm. These ladies were dancing in the background. Yes, we were. Such a lovely song. Well, welcome back. It is 5.27 on the 11th of August. You're listening to We Radio. We are affiliated with the Turkey Insisted Adioso, the voice of Turkey. And we are talking to a young gentleman by the name of Ömer Yücel. He's a wellbeing counsellor. And we are going to talk to him about lots of things. But just before we start, as before we went into the music, Omer said that he's a wellbeing counsellor and he's a coach at Duha Mental Health and Wellbeing. And he's that was launched just recently, I think he said. Very, we, is that right, Omer? When did you say yeah. you launched it? Mm-hmm. Like literally, it was just like a few days old now. Okay, well, it's only a few days old. It's still baby, and we need that to grow, guys. And it's Duha, D-U-H-A-A, Mental Health and Wellbeing. He's also a youth mentor. He's actively engaged in youth work and mentorship. Can That's I, a big I, basket of things. It is, and it, especially during such unprecedented times, Absolutely. taking that leap of faith and launching that. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you um, so much. That's an organic clap right there. But I want <laughs> the proper <laughs> clap. <laughs> Right, so um, I want to ask Amaj, uh, what hmm. is, can I, can you give a bit of a background as to what inspired you to call your uh, business Duha? What, is there a little background story that you'd like to share with us or? Yeah, um, um, I'll be, I'll try to be very quick, mm-hmm. um, but so mental health and well-being, I think we all know sort of what that means, but the word Duha um, is an Arabic word wow. um, that's actually means like the really i don't know how to define it exactly mm-hmm. uh, but it's sort of the early morning or like pre-dawn so like sort of the, the first light in the morning is so to speak wow um so for me i think the morning is a very very special and unique time um and i can speak about this for a while but there's just something very i guess um serene i don't even know if that's Authentic. the right word yeah just very something very calm and still tranquil. about the morning tranquil tranquil is an amazing word but it's something. There's something about the morning that I think when you're, let's say, you get up early in the morning, and we, we, there's a lot of, I guess, talk about you know waking up early and starting your day early and that sort of thing. But this, the unique thing about the morning is, well, the, yesterday has ended. That's one. So you know you've got a lot of stresses and worries from the day before, and sometimes you might not even be feeling the best. But a good sleep. Um, hopefully, you have a good sleep. You wake up, and that stillness of the morning is sort of like a restart to a brand new day. Um, and there's just something unique about the morning. I just there's something really fascinating about the morning for me. It's um, a new so, awakening. Start, yes. It's a new step. Yeah. It's a new day. It's a new beginning. Um, and then with the word um, duha, so the duha is a, a, a surah uh, or a, a chapter in the Quran, mm-hmm. surah ad duha. Um, and this is such an amazing surah for me. So this is 
uh, a surah or a, a chapter that was revealed to Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, at a time of distress. Um, and yeah. I, I won't dive into it too much, but this I, I felt like this was essentially... Can you please dive into it? I've it's awesome. Goosebumps. I actually really like this. I've got goosebumps. Yeah. Please explain. <laughs> okay. Of so... course, if you don't mind. No, 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 it's okay. We don't so, want to push him into an uncomfortable zone either on air. <laughs> so, well, I hope I don't get the facts wrong, yeah, but there was a period where, um, so for, I guess maybe even just breaking it down very quickly. So yes. maybe there are people that don't know. So the Quran was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, about, uh, over the year, over the period of 23 years. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't obviously, it wasn't necessary by speaking to him directly, but through Gabriel, the messenger, um, angel, you know, revelations were were given to the Prophet uh, Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. But there was a period in his life where he wasn't receiving revelation. And um, I think sometimes it's really hard to be empathetic to, to, to somebody who lived such a long time ago. But to sort of try and put yourself in his shoes, you know, he had a lot of people who opposed him, a lot of people, he had enemies, people who did, you know, horrendous things. a lot things. of hostility, yes. It, Definitely. And there was a period where he wasn't receiving revelation and he was getting mocked for it. Um, you know, imagine people, a lot of people coming up to me and saying, you know, like, you know, just, just giving you a hard time and sort of teasing you. And what people were saying to him was that, you know, God, he, he's obviously abandoned you. He's forsaken you. He's like, you're nobody anymore. Um, and this was definitely a, a, a tough period in the life of Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. And then, and then Allah eventually reveals this verse and, and then he swears by by, you know, the morning and and the night, and he says we didn't we didn't abandon you, we didn't forsake you, you know. And then he reminds him that the next world is actually better than this world. How beautiful and, of that yeah. then is to use a word like that to say we haven't abandoned you, we're here, we want to listen to your problems, and we want to help you with any anxiety or mental health issues that you yeah, have. Yeah, and it's it's Just, almost like he's providing counsel to him, and then he's reminding him of something that's greater, a greater reward. So it's almost like a form of counselling, and I just found that so in line with the work that I do. Like even like you can perfect. look at the Western psychological, Islamic psychological modalities and theories, but essentially what I'm doing is providing individual support. Mm -hmm. So. It sat really well with, with mm. um, what I wanted to do. So, um, Umar, that's just a beautiful way of going. And so I'm going to ask you straight out, if someone wants to come and see you and obviously use your services, are they, how, how, how does it happen? How do, how do you start going to, admit, like, what, what do they need to do? Yeah, so good question. So before we went back into lockdown, I was actually in the process of looking for an office. Mm -hmm. um, and then soon after, we went straight back into lockdown. So essentially, all of the consultations are via Zoom. Yep, sure. So it would be virtual. Mm -hmm. We make plans so, yeah. and then God makes better plans. <clears throat> exactly. Absolutely, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. So someone would just need to go onto, let's say, the website or mm -hmm. the Instagram page. And then there's a whole online booking system. And then you can book in a time and Mm. reschedule it if, if need be and that sort of thing but it happens over zoom which i think is the common i guess yeah. medium nowadays and is it just you or is you, do you have a team of people and if you do are all of you guys counselors or you all got different professions and backgrounds that help with that or what how does that yeah definitely so at the moment it is just me okay um so and i obviously as we've mentioned i am a male mm -hmm. um so in the in the future i would eventually like to have somebody of the opposite gender mm -hmm. um, on board, inshallah, because sure. you know mm -hmm. you, uh, you'd like people to speak to someone they're comfortable with, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. So at the moment, it is just me just carrying the boat, yep. um, taking the baby steps. So we'll see how it goes. It's, uh, mm -hmm. I know we've already mentioned it's a very odd time. So planting a seed, and you know, inshallah, something oh. um, blooms. Actually, that's great. You know, if if 
I mean, look, we well. I mean, does when we talk about well-being, counsellor, what does what does well-being encompass? I mean, what type of mm. attributes do you have when you can say that that's what I am? I'm a well-being counsellor. What? Mm. Well, what can you explain that or broaden that a little bit? Yeah. So the reason why I, I went with the direction of well-being counsellor and, and even coach is I didn't want to sort of confine myself to specific, let's say, Western psychology and mental health, mm-hmm. um, because when I speak to people, I'd like to I'd like people to be able to feel comfortable in um, coming with any sort of problems. You know, I've provided guidance counselling to people before, and you know, people that are coming with with problems that you wouldn't say are necessarily related to mental health, mm-hmm. just 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 issues that they have in life and they just don't know how to sort of overcome them. So when you look at well-being, it's sort of more of a holistic sort of perspective where you're looking at, let's say, your mental health, your physical health, and then even your emotional health, your social health. So you just try to, I guess, look at every single individual as an individual, um, mm-hmm. see what the, I guess, pressing concerns are, and. Yeah. Just deploy what is needed at the time. If you'd need to to dive into uh, the the concerns that the client is is mm-hmm. is coming at you with, you might need to dive into counselling and some of the Western psychological principles, or you might need to just listen. You know, somebody might just want to come and rant. Mm. Um, and that's, that's or, great. I, I really love that you've raised that because a lot of the time, people just need to be heard, mm. and that's it's as simple yeah, as that's, that. You know what? You've just hit the nail on the head. It's not being listened to. It's being heard. Yeah. I think right. being listened to and being heard are two very different things. They sound similar, but they're very different as well. Um, well, listening is a skill. That's right. Yeah, honestly, it's an actual skill. Like when we say listening, I'm not saying fake listening, as you mentioned. Yeah, but exactly. Really listening, listening and being skill. heard. That's yes. exactly right. Yeah. Um, what are the what are the um, what type of things do you look out for? Like for any of us, for example, if we've got concerns of friends or family members who mm. are have got some you know, anxiety or, well, you know, some well-being or mental issues. What are the things that you look out for? Or if, or if you're talking to someone and you think, oh, this person might have some, you know, mm. pressing issues that you'd probably maybe, what what do you look out for? Okay. Um, so let's say if well, I was going to be talking about my own circle, mm-hmm. um, the people around me, I mm-hmm. think this is probably the, the, the best point to dive into. Okay. So the people that are around you closest to you, to a certain degree, you'll understand them to a certain degree. You, you sort of know their character, their personality, what their interests are. You know, some people are introverts, some people are extroverts. So you have a feel of the people around you. But the moment you notice, I guess, anything that's a little bit odd should be not a moment to panic, but um, should, should be a bit of a flag for you. You're like, hmm, okay, maybe something's up with this person. And this doesn't necessarily mean, okay, dive into it and ask them what's wrong. But it, it maybe gives you an opportunity just to say hi. Mm-hmm. Or gives you an opportunity to, let's say, you know, get in touch with someone, or even dive into a, a, a problem. But I think it really comes down to you, sort of, being aware of one the people around you. So because we can be so consumed now, there's, I mean, we're going to touch on social media a little bit. Yeah, we can be so consumed in in our own worlds, you know, like all the things, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's movies or games, or you might even have like some, you know, projects or pursuits that you're that you're pursuing, like. You can just get so consumed in your world. That's Sometimes right. you need to take a step back and just evaluate and have a look and have a chat with the people around you to see what they're doing and, and how they are and if they've said something that you think might be a little bit off. So it's lo- looking out for those small cues that you think are, li- are a little bit off mm. and then you can say to yourself, hmm, maybe I just need to say hi to this person yeah. and hear them out for whatever whatever is going on, you know? 
Yeah. Do you find fantastic. that males have a harder time explaining and or, or speaking about their um, feelings? And how do you reach out to those to the you know, uh, to male, such a, guys such or a, males at least? It's such a good question. Honestly, it's something that I'm constantly thinking about mm. um, in like what's the best approach because. I think there is, you know, like uh, many people have spoken about the stigma around mental health and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I won't dive into it again. But I think for males, it, it is a little bit, generally speaking, not everyone, mm-hmm. because you know, everyone's different. But generally speaking, is it? It's a little bit harder to 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 speak to someone about your problems. Um, you know, it, it, it can almost feel like a form of emasculation, like you're, that's right. You're, you're, you know, you're sharing your vulnerability, so it sort of makes you you look weak. You know, that's what we we sort of generally will think or it could be anything along those lines just it, some preconceived notion that okay if i share what i'm going through with someone that it's going to negatively affect me in some way one mm-hmm. way or another yeah um, but you know the general consensus is okay if a man shares what he's going through he's going to think he's weak like that's just the way we sort of perceive it maybe um, we need so, to change our thoughts and maybe change yes. our ways we raise our I've children isn't also, it we are going into that direction yeah. though i think that over time and particularly in our current uh in the 21st century we've people become are becoming much more, more accepting, open to absolutely. it yes and i think that's a great step to take and it's very important that we're talking about well-being and yes. mental health and all that as well yeah because from an educator's um like point of view i think my biggest struggle is we we have to admit um being a teacher and for you know young youth um they're exposed to their school environment for what 70% mm. of their their time um and so as an educator i i always struggle between you know having like you know upholding my persona as a teacher and being there for them um in terms of their welfare um and i feel as mm. though there are times where i don't know like you know i I feel like sometimes I'm feeding, I'm causing them to have this anxiety because of, you know, the mm. level of stress. But I think a lot of this mental health and anxiety yeah. is coming now. We can go into social, is coming social from me- social yeah. media. Yeah. I mean, what do, what do you, what, I mean, what are your thoughts on social media just generally, Umat? Yeah. So just coming back to, just really quickly, just mm-hmm. coming back to, let's say, students in a, yeah. what year do you teach? Sorry. Oh, just uh, uh, secondary, secondary. So okay, I've got yeah. all the teens and that most important yeah. stage of their life, to be honest. Yeah, 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 definitely. So going back to, let's say, the teens, yeah, yes. before we, not the, you say, 5 to 11, 12. So we're year. talking 12 to we're, 15, yes, 16 yes. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So yeah. I'm talking to, about like, you know, year 10 to year 12. Yeah. Yeah. So firstly, hats off to all the teachers, I think. You know, that's such a, an amazing profession to to pursue. Um, it's something that I have a lot of respect for. It's very rewarding. Um, you definitely need a lot of patience to, mm. to walk that path. So, um, but, you know, the influence that a teacher has over students is is amazing. But the reality is a lot more, there's a lot more influence from friends. Yes. This yep. is just the, the absolute reality. So when you're seeing a student that's a struggle with whatever they're going through, yes. uh, it's nine times out of ten, it, you know, it's it's not you, but it's very easy to to to, to take on that responsibility and mm-hmm. feel like it's something that you caused. Yes. The reality is there are there there are so many elements mm-hmm. that are revolving around a teen's life that are influencing them, their friends, social media, um, which is is a whole topic in and of itself. You know, the experiences that they have at home, the experiences that they had growing up when they were five to let's mm-hmm. say ten, eleven. There's so many things going on. There's also going back to I think you mentioned that your daughter was fourteen. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. so some of the studies that I've gone into was actually um, was actually the development that 
somebody between the ages of 14 to 16-ish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the development that their brain goes through is, is extraordinary. Wow. Um, you know, their brain is actually essentially going into, <laughs> into lockdown. And, like, and yeah, I like that. My twelve-year-old's yeah, still and, fine, but the fourteen-year-old's going to lockdown. That sounds good. <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I better like it. That's gold. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, but yeah, so essentially, their brains are going into into reconstruction. So when we're seeing, let's say, somewhere between the ages of fourteen to sixteen, and it can even be extended thirteen to seven. Obviously, mm. everyone's different. But you know, when you're seeing students act up or behave inappropriately or say things that they wouldn't normally say or you know you, you just seem like they can't sit still the reality is their brain is is being reconstructed mm, a lot of the so, so not to dive too deep into it but there's a part of the brain that locks down that sort of controls their behaviors yeah. and the fact and the, their ability to control their behaviors and and the things that they do so their prefrontal uh, cortex essentially yeah. yes correct so when when they're going through these stages it's such a, a unique time because not only is the brain in lockdown, but it's a, a, a period where a lot of the thought processes and patterns that a, tri- a child can pick up, a student can pick up, mm-hmm. s- starts being built from those ages onwards. So, so it's very easy for us to look at a student and say, okay, well, that's a bad student. That's a, a naughty student or you know, he or she doesn't have a bright future, but it's just a stage that they're going through. Mm. So it's very common. So as a counsellor, how do you, what are your thoughts on social media, Amit? Yeah, so usually when people talk about social media um, and let's say the effects on us or the effects on youth or the effects on children, mm-hmm. um, generally there's a lot of hate towards it. So people will, will generally go towards you know, mental health. No, sorry, social media is bad for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Social media is bad for even your physical health. You know, It stops you from sincere social interactions. It stops you from Thank activities. You. Thanks so much for raising that. Sincere social interactions. That's this a nice way of putting so, it. so it? true because... Think about how we interact now. We are on a dinner table with family and everyone's on their phone. We're not allowed to do that. No, Our I love dad that. gets angry. Hey. Mm. Oh, my in- husband gets angry. That's incredible. Allowed. That is so, yeah. so great. Yeah, mm. yeah so, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, so, no, no, that's okay. So so that's one side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and it's the reality is it's absolutely true. Social media has many, many negative effects. And even I notice it in myself, you know, I'll be sitting down, let's say, speaking to, to family or friends. And you'll, you'll notice you, you, you take your phone out and that sort of thing. So it's sort of being aware of that and that sort of thing, which is um, a different topic. But the reality is, okay, if we know that social media has all these negative impacts, then why why do I use social media? Why do we all use social media? Good you know question. I mean? so, why do we use it then, Emma? Why do you think we do? Okay. Well, on a call, okay, let's dive into it <laughs> since you're asking. Existential <laughs> on a, questions yeah. happening uh, uh, on the show now, live. Uh, uh, on <laughs> a, a good a, point. A, on a core level, the reality is we're addicted to dopamine. Yeah. On a core level, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we we love that you know that constant hit of you know this is this is exciting something new something fresh like well, who's made some fresh piece of content what can I share with my friends like there's that whole sort of um, cycle of addiction essentially it's an addiction mm-hmm. but then it, is the answer to this do we all need to leave social media then and I don't think that's the case if, I agree if anything on. If anything, I'll be honest, I think we all need to be on social media and we need to understand it. That's the reality. So one thing that I found really intriguing was um, over the years of interacting with the youth, I've always looked for something that I was able to relate to them with, you know. And as a guy, you know, obviously I grew up playing games. 
So anyone that was interested in games, I could immediately, I found that middle ground. Mm. Um, my one interesting, one interesting thing that I had that I was able to bond with my sister with was, so growing up, not so much now, but growing up, she was really into makeup. And we know in the world of social media, makeup and the um, tutorials and all that sort of thing is, <laughs> is, is huge, yeah? Yeah, so that's right. Rather, rather than obviously <laughs> shaming her for it and saying, oh, well, I don't agree with all that stuff, yeah. I would listen to her and explain to me literally what every single piece of wow, makeup Wow, aren't you a good brother? Not, so but what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at, I'm amazing. So what I'm trying to get at is... <laughs> He's trying uh, to understand the purpose. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's so you, it's, it's finding, it's, 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 it's being open to... What I'm going to connect this back to social media. Mm-hmm. It's, it's finding that point of relatability. So if we're all off social media, because let's, let's be honest here, social media has a lot of positives to it as well. Yeah, let's not hate on it. There's a lot of good people that there's a lot of people that are doing great work on social media and sharing things, YouTube, Instagram, that sort of thing. Just like your um, raising awareness also. Yes. Um, but the reality is, if we're off social media because it's so bad, then how are you meant to communicate with almost every single teen and child that is on social media nowadays? Correct. You need to you need to understand it. You need to you, you honestly you need to be on it whilst managing yourself. In all honesty. I mean, so as, I mean, important. look, how do you, uh, I mean, that makes perfect sense, but I think it also affects people's, um, w- their mental health and their anxiety at levels mm. because I think what you see on social media, it's really important yep. for people to understand that what you see on social media is not always what people are living. You know, yes. this, oh, I've gone here, I've done this, oh, I'm really yeah. happy, yeah. that's not life. But when you see yeah. people like that on social media, when you read all these good stories about certain places or whatever it mm. may be, you seem to think, well, my, my life sucks, my life's Correct. crap. Why aren't yep. I like that? Why can't I get that? And then you start to go into your own thing. And that's where I see the negative aspects of social yep, media. Yep. And I always go, like, oh, I'll tell my girls all the time, I don't really care if they've got that. That doesn't bother me. Mm. You're mm-hmm. here. We've got this. Or you're not allowed on your phone. You need to take, give me your phone back. And she was like, yeah. oh, but I'm. Mm. So I've, I've always, I always try to look at it in a perspective. But I find that there's, you know, it's very difficult. People, you, you know, look at it and think this is what life yeah. should be like, and it's usually not. And that I think absolutely. affects people as well. You're one hundred percent correct. You're absolutely correct. So, so someone once mentioned um, that they weren't on social media because it's full of garbage. And do you know what the truth is? That's so true. Like yeah. the majority of the things that are on social media are either garbage or something that affects you negatively. You know, so and when people are obviously sharing only the positives of their life, whether it's true or not, it's going to have an influence on you. You know, so if we're talking about social media uh, with ourselves, honestly, you constantly need to evaluate how much of that is affecting you. Because if you, yeah, continue. Go ahead. No, 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 continue. I just want to add um, something, and I think this is this really falls onto all of us as adults, as mature, educated adults um, who have responsibilities to the world. I think I want to talk on behalf of my own self, but I think that this is a collective thing. Um, we every every post that I post, or everything that every interaction that I have on social media has purpose. So I'm terribly sorry to all of those people who like to post selfies and things like that, but what is the purpose of that? Or if there is, what value is that adding to your, your connections, your contacts? And really, we are modelling what acceptable behaviour is to our young people with what, what, 
you know, with, with how you, we use it. So yes. Mm. If I'm posting something educational, or if I'm posting, I think I think the onus really does fall onto us because it's a flow-on effect. Um, every time, every interaction that we have, as I was mentioning, is something that is going to impact either one person or a hundred people, depending on how many people we have on that space. Mm. So, I think the onus does lie with us to an extent because we can't expect to have young people mm. uh, change their ways if we as adults are not leading by example. You, you, you raise a, a very valid point. I think um, looking at ourselves and, and the things that we share yeah. and the way we interact is... I'm not saying taking a selfie is bad. Please don't misunderstand. I'm just saying there's this culture where we feel mm. the need to, to share that, but why? Well, why, yeah. why is it, do, you know, well, what's the purpose behind it? Or what's the purpose behind the post? Is there an actual underlying reason or is it because... Just for the just, sake just of because. showcasing an yeah. aspect of well, your maybe yeah. people are, Maybe people are covering up their... They've got some issues and then... Who knows? Definitely. But look, I mean, Umed, what would you be telling a child... If, if I had come to you as a counsellor and said, look, you know... Not that my girls are too much, but you know, you, or someone said to you that you know my kids are using social media too much. Or what would the steps or what type of avenues would you look at in trying to get people to reduce social media or change their way? Or look at Bushra and say exactly what she said: change their thought process around how they're going to use their social media platforms. What type of um, advice would you be giving to people, or yeah. how would you counsel so them through that? This it's actually such a good question because it's something that I, I'm I'm. Constantly trying to figure out what the best practice would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the best well, what approach is would at you the moment. Take? But I mean, at the moment, I guess at the moment, the, the if I was to speak to somebody who is trying to who is concerned about their, their children or their students, mm-hmm. um, or let's say their children specifically, um, well, you'd have to look at the underlying sort of um, uh, underlying Reason? relationship underlying relationship that you have with your child i think that's so important for us to focus on so mm. you know how i said initially um, earlier i said you know being on social media so that you can understand social media that's yes. right yep so what yep. does that create that immediately creates a point of relatability between you and your child so let's what's what does that allow us to do it allows us to actually engage with them that's right. A, 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 a big keyword that educators, you, you will know better than me, a big keyword that they use nowadays is, you know, engagement. How are you meant to get the students engaged? Um, and that's such a, a big thing. But the reality is engagement is something that our children, all of our children from the ages of zero to, to 16, 17 need so much. So we need to find those points of relatability to be able to engage with them, especially if this is, let's say, a child that's 13, 14, 15, where they've really started to become their own person. Mm. If you don't have those middle grounds of, you know, movies points. or, yeah, like you need, like, g- games or, you know, activities outside. Like, if you, if, if they're on social media, you should be able to understand what they're talking about. And then what this does actually is allows you to, one, engage with your child to build a a relationship where you're actually able to to communicate other messages to them Mm. and i think this is probably the key now obviously every single parent and child relationship is very different i'm still studying a lot about on that relationship Mm -hmm. um but a a lot of the the important part of being able to positively influence anybody specifically your children 
is having a relationship where they trust you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And you know, trust is that one thing. It's that currency. It's that invaluable currency. And if you have that with anybody, but specifically your children, then this gives you two things. One, it gives you, and it's different for parents, of course, but one, it gives you the opportunity to influence them and, and give them alternatives and tell them what is right and what is wrong. Especially if you can talk about social media and say, yeah, I noticed this, but you know, I didn't really like this. And then if they trust you and you say to them, you know, I didn't really like this person's page or I didn't like this sort of content, that'll make them think. They'll be oh. like, hmm, you know what, if she doesn't like it, you know, it's probably not right for me. I always do that I always yeah, do that with amazing. my girls. Um, Mom, you've posted something. Um, you need to take that down. Oh, why? So take it down. Do you know what you've posted? I don't know. My friend said, I said, yeah, but do you know what it is? Let's go read mm. through what it is. Oh, yeah. So that's why we don't do that. You, you, yeah. so, and that was that was a while ago. Now they're better at it. So, mm. or, and I'll ask them, you know, make sure when you put things up, you're putting them up probably exactly what Bishop, for a purpose. What's your reason behind why you're doing it? Um, So they yeah. understand. But. Look, I think it's it's really hard. It's there. We're living in an age where it's just so prevalent. It's right in your face. It's right out there. Everybody has it, and it's trying to limit the amount of social media that you have. I try very hard to go. You've got some time now. You need to turn that away. And family time. That's probably why I like lockdown in a way because we're able to do, spend a lot of family time together and say no, we're going to watch a movie together or we're going to watch mm. this together. You pick a, a new Turkish series and let's start it from scratch and watch it. Yeah. So yeah. let's do something so that to get them away from social media because they need to do that. I think it's really important. Um, yeah, definitely. And, you yeah. Know, but again, there is a lot of you know reliable resources out there that you can use yeah. as well. So it's, it's trying to teach children what the right way to use social media is, right? Because I think it's just quite you know impossible just to tell them to stop all at once um but yes definitely look at the perks of social media i even speak to my students and tell them how you can actually get sometimes real news from social media and use it for a good purpose so what yeah. Bushra mentioned about purpose um it's very important, very to important. Have. let's all take onus let's try and be uplifting yes. and work in cohesion um to to really educate and inform and inspire our mm. community instead of bringing them down and yes. ensure that what we're following is correct and to follow yeah. what we want you know what we want to get out of rather than just follow what everybody else is following and do what everyone else is. Look, it's I mean, supply demand, really. Well, yeah. I don't want to get into the economics no. behind. Oh no, no, absolutely not. No, but, but essentially, if you're following something, that that pretty much means you were in support of it, yeah. and that then uh, deems. But and when we're talking popular, social obviously. media, we're talking about all levels of social media, sure. all avenues. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Sure. But um, I think it's really important to engage in, in our community and, and the youth, as you said. Look, it's already and three be minutes. relatable. Look, it's already three minutes to six. There's so much to talk about. Umed, what do you have a message that you – I mean, we haven't got long to go, but do you have a message that you'd like to um, reach out or say to the youth out there about anything to do with well-being, social media? Do you have a message that you'd like – Wow, okay. That, this really put me on the spot. No, not a, Sorry. <laughs> An inspiring you know, quote, perhaps. You know, I've, I, I've got this thing where I think, you know, some you, everybody's already, always got, let's say, you know, thousands of things to say and share. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of that one thing that might actually be applicable or, or make sense to someone or, 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 or might really relate to somebody. But one thing that I, I really believe in and mm -hmm. something that I, I try to convey to anybody that... Um, I talk to you, I deal with any sort of like, and generally the youth, teens, youth, I mean, youth is, you know, people in their 20s are youth, of course. But one thing that I, I like to tell them is that being a role model doesn't just mean that 
you need to start taking care of the people that are younger than you or show them, show them, you know, or have a positive influence on people younger than you. You can honestly be a role model to everybody, to everyone that's older than you as well. And you can have that impact on people. So when you、Agreed. take on that, that role of, of being a role model, which is something that we all need to take, take on board, that you're going to have most likely an influence on everyone. Like it, people that are older than you, they won't say anything, maybe. But you'll be surprised on how much influence you can have on people by trying to improve yourself little by little every day. And people notice those things. Well, there you go, everyone. That's Umer Yuja telling you what you can do and how good of a role model you can be. Thank you so much for coming on today to speak to us.、Um, we will love to have you on again sometime. But for everyone who's listened, that was Umer Yuja.、Um, he's a social media. Um, sorry, he's a wellbeing counselor. You can follow him on umeruj01、um, or on his new webpage. He's had Dua. Is that how you say it, Umer?、Uh, you can say it however you want. But okay, you can, well, yeah, yeah. Dua mental health and wellbeing. There you go. Well, thanks very much, everybody. That's、Thank、a wrap、so、for、much. today again. Thank you for coming. Thanks for everyone for listening.、Um, that was Re Radio, the 11th of August. Tune in again next week and all the other programs we've got throughout the week.、Um, Take care, everyone, Thanks, and look、guys. after yourselves. See you guys. See you guys next Bye, week. Bye, everyone.